you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube. So we started this series last week on choosing the way of the Lord. And uh, we, we began this looking at, I'm just going to go back through a little bit of this for people that are here for the first time, that are online for the first time. Isaiah 55, this was kind of our foundation scripture, beginning in verse 8. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. All right, so that passage tells us, for one thing, that thoughts and ways are connected. All right, our ways, our way of doing things, it comes, there's, there's this continuity between what we think consistently, what we think about how we think about things, what we take in, uh, how we process things. There's this continuity, and, and really that is the heart of what the Bible calls our ways or the Lord's ways. Okay, so that means that in order, if we want to change our ways, if we want to establish God's way as our way, if we want to adopt his way into our life, then we have to first adopt his thoughts. We have to take hold of his thoughts. And we get his thoughts through his word, through the personal agency of the Holy Spirit within us, and, and through the, the person of Jesus. As we, as we look at things, this is, you know, there's that little thing going around for a number of years, what would Jesus do, you know? Well, good question. Another good question is, what would Jesus think? What does Jesus think about this part of my life, about that part of my life? What does he think about my family life? What does he think about my finances? What does he think about my employment? What does he think about my role in the church? What does he think about all of these things? What are his thoughts? And he has given us his thoughts through the word of God, the written word, and the Holy Spirit speaks that word to our heart. He brings revelation out of that word. And so he shows us, and, and I know, I, I don't know, I, I feel like I always get kind of um, stuck on this, but sorry, I'm just shutting this microphone off. Uh, but I know a lot of people that, if you talk about thinking God's thoughts, I can think God's thoughts. You know, a lot of people take offense at that because they feel like, oh, that's so arrogant. Oh, you can't think God's thoughts. Yeah, the Bible says we have, we actually have the mind of Christ. And in the Greek, what that, what that sentence means, you have the mind of Christ. It means you have the mind of Christ. It means that the Holy Spirit, that whole chapter is about the Holy Spirit, his work in our life, and how the Holy Spirit digs into the very thoughts that God is thinking and reveals them to us. 
That is part of being a New Testament Christian. And it's something we need to believe for. It's something we need to trust God for. Because definitely not all the thoughts that go through our heads are God's thoughts. You know, I think we all get that. No question about it. But we can have God's thoughts. And he says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, his ways than our ways. And he connects those two ideas together. The New Testament is really strong. One of the big themes of the New Testament is the renewing of our minds, the renovation, the remodeling of the way that we think. Only through that process are we going to be able to take hold of God's ways, all right? And then he tells us, and Karen read this verse earlier, it says, for as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So we take hold of that verse and we think about our prayer life, and we should, that when we receive the word of God, we, that's why we want to pray God's word over situations in our life. If we have somebody that is sick in our lives and we're wanting to pray for them, we want to pray what the word of God says over them. Why? Because the word of God is what God has already said about a situation. And we want to agree with him. The word of God is full of life and full of power. It will not return void. And as Karen brought up this morning, just like all this snow out there, it's going to take a while, I hope, for it, to, for it to melt and certainly for it to go into the ground and produce, that's going to take a while. And many times the word takes a while, but we want to keep, this is one of God's ways. He speaks the end from the beginning. He speaks life where there is only death. We want to do the same thing. It's one of God's ways. We want to adopt that way of prayer to pray the word of God. Well, how do I do that? You find out, you go to get into your Bible and you find out what did God say about sickness and disease? What did he say about my financial life? What did he say about my family? What, what is his will? What is his desire? We get in and we grab his thoughts and the Holy Spirit gives us his thoughts and that's how we direct our prayer life. We wanna be praying what God has already said. Okay, so that's one application of this verse, but the Holy Spirit decided that he would put this verse, these verses, right after these verses about God's thoughts and God's ways. So, so the other, one of the other applications of this verse is, I need, in order for my thoughts to be his thoughts and my ways to be his ways, I need to be receiving that word. And I need to be receiving it over and over and consistently and meditating on it and chewing on it. Again, I'm not earning anything with God. I'm just eating. I'm just receiving what he has and what he has spoken. There's life in the word of God. And then to go on just a little bit farther, if you're there in Isaiah 55 down in verse 12, he finishes this passage with this incredible promise that has to do with what Jesus called, I would say, this, this describes a part of what Jesus called the abundant life, okay? So he has said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, my ways than your ways, as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways and thoughts are higher than your ways, okay? Then he came down and he said, for here's my word and here's how it works, right? 
And then in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 12, he says, For you shall go out from the spiritual exile caused by sin. This is from the Amplified Bible. Spiritual exile caused by sin. Think about that. When sin came into the earth, it brought separation from God. And this passage is saying, you'll go out from that. Okay? You'll go out from the spiritual exile caused by sin and evil into the homeland. All right? Now, obviously, this prophecy was coming to Israel about them returning to their homeland, but the spiritual application of this prophecy for us is our home is heaven. It's not earth. It's not hell. It's not any of those things. It's heaven. It is eternal life. It is the abundant life. And he's saying, for you shall go out from that spiritual exile and into your homeland. And you'll go out with joy. You'll be led forth by your leader, the Lord himself and his word with peace. You'll go out with joy. You'll be led forth with peace. He's describing the life we can have as we adopt God's ways. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you into singing. What in the heck does that mean? Mountains and hills in prophetic language speak of challenges that we face. And this verse is saying that as we come into, we grab God's thoughts, we come into God's ways, and we face challenges. Doesn't say that there will be no mountains and hills, but it says they're going to respond in life. They're going to respond differently. The challenges that you face can be overcome. You can have breakthrough in every area of your life. They're, they come into line with the will of God. Those things that are challenges right now can become worship unto God as we overcome. Does that make sense? Like describing that? So it says, the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. All right. Instead of, get this, man, this is for somebody today. I've been on this all week and just think this is a word for somebody today. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Remember what the Lord said to Adam right after the fall when he was preparing them for life that was going to be very different from what he had established for them. Right after the fall, right after sin entered in, one of the things he said you, I'm paraphrasing, you're still going to be able to produce fruit, but it's going to be hard. You're going to have, there are going to be thorns. Apparently there were not thorns. I don't know what was in New Mexico at this time. Uh, but anyway, there were not thorns. There were not, you know, that we just didn't have to fight weeds. You didn't have to fight thorns. You didn't, it wasn't like trying to get through. Have you ever tried to get through a, a thorn, a thorn brush of various kinds? Uh, you know, that's what it's describing. And it's saying instead of that, there are going to be fruit-bearing trees. There's going to be shade. There are going to be these good things. It's, going to, it's talking about a broken curse. You know, coming free from the curse that's, that's in the earth. So he says, instead of the thorn, we'll come up the cypress tree where your life has felt like you're pressing through a thorny hedge as you walk in God's ways, and I'm just, I'm saying this to somebody this morning, and I don't know who it is, but where you have felt that way, there is breakthrough for you. There is something else for you as you apply God's thoughts, God's word, God's ways to that situation. 
Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be to the Lord for a name of renown. So the glory goes to God for all of this, for an everlasting sign of jubilant exaltation and memorial to his praise, which shall not be cut off. All right, so all of that gives glory to God, us adopting his thoughts, adopting his ways, walking in his ways. So you're with me so far? All right. So we said this last week, I'm going to repeat it today. Ways, what are ways? You know, it's a, we use that term some in a lot of different ways. Uh, but ways are an individual's method of processing and responding to any given, given situation in life. Okay, it's a person's method of responding to their thought process that go into how you respond to any situation in life. Ways are not just what we do, but why we do it. And ways include the convictions and thought processes. And a lot of those are subconscious that lead us to do things the way we do. We talked about it a lot last week. I won't spend time on it today, but our ways, a lot of our ways, it's, we're not even conscious of it. Somebody from the outside can say, oh, this is, this is their way, okay? But a lot of it, it's, it's our way. We don't, we don't even think about it, but it still needs to be changed. Ways are paths of thought and habitual behaviors through which we try to reach goals, fulfill desires, overcome problems, get things done, okay? Karen and my family, and we've been very grateful for this, they were both solid families. We both were privileged to grow up with moms and dads in the house and, and people with, even though at, when we were young children, none of them were saved, but they, they wouldn't know it, but they had biblical values, okay? They were, they were honest. They believed in integrity. They kept their word. Um, they didn't steal. They didn't lie to people. I mean, it was just that kind of a, an environment at home. It was, it was very much many of, the, many of the biblical principles that we would all take that way were in those homes. And we feel really grateful to have grown up in those kinds of homes. And they imparted those uh, to their kids. And it was just sort of the environment that we lived in. I know not everybody has that privilege, but we did. But some of the ways in the family were very different. Their way of communication was way different than my family. We were very open. Um, there, we, we would just, if something was bothering us, we'd talk about it. If something, and I'm not saying we weren't there yelling at each other all the time. That was uh, frowned upon. Although, <laughs> since my brother Bob is watching this morning, he's the oldest. And uh, there was a period that I remember, I don't know if I've told you about this or not. Um, there was a period that I remember when I was very young and I don't know exactly where it was. You were in high school someplace, and, and you and mom used to very frequently at the dinner table get into a, a little battle. And uh, when you guys would be hollering at each other, that was the point where I would sneak my peas or green beans or whatever I really didn't like out to the kitchen and dump it in the trash and come back. So thank you uh, for that. I, I appreciate that. Anyway, um, 
we were very open in communicating with one another. In their family, there were a lot of things you just didn't talk about. I don't know if I'm saying this quite right. But you just didn't, if you had a problem with something or you, you know, were, it, it, they just, they didn't say it. They didn't talk about it. And a lot of times when we would leave her parents' house, she'd have to tell me, I thought everything was fine. Oh no, dad was really upset about that. Really? I had no idea. You know, how, how do you know? They just knew. I always said it was, you had to watch the ear positions and the tail positions on all the Estesons because nothing got said. Or, oh yeah, he, they, were, they were really excited about that. Really? I had no idea. She'd have to tell me, you know. And it was just, they did communicate, but it was a very different way of very nonverbal communication. And I didn't get it. And, I, and of course... I would just say things. And sometimes that went over fine, sometimes it didn't. But anyway, so, so we both had similar values, but we still had real different ways of doing things. And so, so what, you know, our ways, when you know somebody's ways, it implies that you can anticipate what they're thinking. So one of the things that amazed me as I got into Believer Center, as Karen and I started going to Believer Center in Albuquerque and started hearing the word in this kind of form, was as I learned about the nature of God, I understood that he has made his ways clear to us and available to us so that in many cases we can anticipate, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, you know what? He's already told us pretty much. I mean, maybe not the minutest detail. What would Jesus do? He's going to do what he said in his word. He's going to do what he has demonstrated by his nature. We can actually, we can actually anticipate much of the way God is going to respond to something. What a privilege. I mean, think about that. Because we're his children. We live in this environment with him. We, we live with him. He lives in us. That's an amazing privilege. We can know his ways. We just have to be wanting to receive his ways and to know his ways on that kind of on that kind of level. Okay? You getting anything out of this so far? All right. Um, so we looked at this first verse last week. I'm going to add some things to this. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 7. It says... He made, God made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel, right? We looked at this last week, so we won't take a lot of time on it. I want to say that Israel, as a people, was and is deeply loved by God. There is something special in God's heart about Israel. We don't have time to talk about that today, but it goes back to God's relationship with Abraham. God chose Abraham. In fact, uh, we're not going to look at this scripture this morning, but in several places it says one of the reasons that God chose Abraham to, to uh, come into covenant with was because Abraham was a person who would communicate God's ways to his children. Because Abraham would communicate, God knew this about his nature, he will pass my ways, God's ways, onto his children, and for that reason, 
and others, I'm sure. But for that reason, that was a big part of why God chose Abraham. And of course, then that's the lineage coming down to Jesus. That's the lineage coming down to Israel. And so, you know, just while we're talking about that, we know all the hubbub going on about Israel. And there are people, of course, in the United States, we've used that as a reason to divide. The truth is, yes, God loves Israel. And it is essentially always a bad idea to oppose Israel. However, the book of Romans makes it very clear that not all Israel is Israel. Not all national Israel is spiritual Israel. There are a lot of Jews in this country that are opposed to what, to what um, Israel as a state is doing right now. And I'm not, taking, I'm not taking a side on this. If I have to err, I will err on the side of supporting Israel because it just goes bad when you don't. It is, it is a bad idea. I don't know where God's lines are there, but I think it's important for us as Christians to realize that not all national Israel, not all biological Israel is Israel. God does look at things from a spiritual perspective. And the Apostle Paul made that, as a Jew, made that very clear. Okay, But Israel was invited, along with Moses, to come right up to that mountain and to hear the voice of God for themselves Israel, the people of Israel said, no, we're going to stay over here and, and eventually build a golden calf. But anyway, we're going to stay over here. Moses, you go, get the word from God, bring it back to us. All right. And I just want to say this. You will never be able to build God's ways into your life by keeping him at arm's length. Okay. You will never be able to adopt his ways. They will never become your ways if you keep him at arm's length and try to send somebody else to hear for you. Okay, that's not what we've been invited into. We've been invited into face-to-face with the Lord. And that's where transformation happens. Okay, so, so they chose at that point to keep their distance. So Moses and the people of Israel have two very different relationships with the Lord. Moses speaks to the Lord face to face, all right, as a man speaks to another, it says. Israel had this distant relationship. They knew God's acts. They knew what he did. They didn't know his ways. We can know his ways, okay? Proverbs twenty three nineteen. all right, it says, Hear my son and be wise. Direct your mind in the way of the Lord. Hear my son and be wise. Okay, wisdom, biblical wisdom, means the correct and timely application of truth. This is, this is one of those things that is probably one of my greatest joys as a pastor and one of the hardest things to deal with is you, my job is to set a table and 
people have the right to choose whether they eat from that table or not and what they do with what they eat, okay? Our job is to hear from God, to pray for you all, to be hearing from the Lord, to pray for you, and to deliver what the Lord gives us to deliver, okay? And that's true, I believe, of every pastor, church leader out there. That's our job. Lead, lead, lead to those green fields, lead to good water. I can't make you drink and I can't make you eat. I wish I could. I wish that was within my authority. It's not. So many people, many people, they come, they eat, they experience their lives change. They apply the word of God to their lives. We all apply it in one degree or another. Not a single one of us is perfect in this, but it's in the application, actually changing our ways according to the word where we experience the abundant life of Christ. And so sometimes, and not all the time, but it still always hurts. Sometimes we have people that have heard the word and heard the word and heard the word and heard the word but they don't apply it to their lives. And we can see they're not applying it to their lives. And we can see the outcome of that. And we can see it coming, whether it's in their health or in their family dynamics or with their children or whatever it is. And inevitably, they don't experience that. They, they get run over by life. And it just is very sad. And I just say that this morning to encourage you you got to apply the word. It's not a work. It's not trying to earn anything from God. It's, it's taking something that is life-giving and putting it into your life. It's, it, it will absolutely change the fruit that you experience, the, the abundance that you experience, the joy, the peace, freedom from, freedom from fear. Um, satisfaction, success, prosperity, okay? All of those things, health, you know? All of those things are wrapped up. And, and so this says, be wise. And that means apply what you're hearing. Hear and be wise. Hear and apply, okay? We have to retain, we have to apply the word that we hear or we, we won't bear any fruit in our life. And and it says, and how do we do that? Direct your mind in the way of the Lord. God makes his word, we already said this, God makes his thoughts and his ways freely available. They're, they're a gift to us. Comes through his word, comes through the revelation of Christ. It comes through the personal agency of the Holy Spirit. He makes all of this available to us, but he gave us the responsibility of where we direct our mind, direct your mind. The New Testament says, set your eyes on Christ and keep them set there. It says that if we tap into the Holy Spirit and what he has, he'll go into the deep things of God and he'll bring those out and, sh and share them with us, reveal them to us. Okay? Is this, you guys okay? Yep. All right. So this is a responsibility that we have and God calls that wisdom. The Lord calls directing our mind in the way of the Lord. How do I 
do that. Well, I've got to spend, I believe you got to spend time with God. You got to spend time with God early. Again, this isn't, this isn't a work. I don't know. I don't know how to say this all. Sometimes it's like when we start feeling like um, devotional prayer and praise and worship and time in our Bibles, when that is a burden, we're approaching it wrong. Okay, we've somehow gotten the idea, well, it's got to look like this or I'm not doing it right. So we feel bad about it or I've got to read, you know, this many chapters every day or or I feel bad about. No, no, no. All we need to do is spend the time with the Lord until we connect, until we sense his heart. And many times that comes out of his word or it comes and, and it comes with words in us many times. And, and, and sometimes, it, sometimes it is just a knowing, just an inward knowing by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it is just a tremendous sense of peace when you have big challenges that day, but you can grab that peace in the morning. But we have to do whatever it takes to connect with God on a consistent basis. And for most of us, maybe that's not every single day in the week. And sometimes we set our hearts to do that in the morning and we spend time and we don't quite connect. We'll just do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. But we set our hearts in that way to direct our minds. When we start having things coming up in our minds that we know are not of God, we have the responsibility to say no to those thoughts, to cast down those thoughts, to cast down those imaginations and replace them with what God says about that situation. That is a responsibility for us. And God calls that process wisdom. Hear and be wise and direct your minds in the ways of the Lord. So I think I'm going to close after this. I've got some really good stuff about faith coming up, but I don't think we're going there this morning. Um, so that means as I, as I, I'm setting the course of my thought life according to his thoughts and his ways. And again, remember our ways, I wish I had better language for this. Our ways are much more than just our thoughts. They're the way we process thoughts. I need to know from God, not just what you think about this, not just ABC, how do you think about this? If I'm going to think like you, Jesus, I need to be able to draw in how you process this. I, I, maybe I have a challenge with a person. Maybe my, you know, my natural response would be to push that person out, to become offended, to, you know, whatever. I don't know. But you got to challenge with the person. Be angry and stay angry about a person. We have a disagreement. I need to stop and I need to go to the Lord and I need to say, Lord, give me your heart toward this. How can I approach this relationship and do my part? It's not all on me but do my part to fix this relationship. How can I approach? What words should I use? Give me your thought processes toward this and he'll do it. 
And again, sometimes it comes with words and sometimes it just comes with a change of heart. I don't know how well I'm doing at describing this to you, but I just, we, we've got to hunger for this if we're going to walk in God's ways. Or what do you think? How do you think? What is your process about my family life, about my health, about my financial life, about all these relationships? I need that and you need that. And and so I, I'm just trying to say we've we've got to and, and these things don't it doesn't happen in an instant. But what else have we got to do? I mean I know we're busy with stuff on this earth, but think about eternity. This is why we exist, is to be in relationship with God and to bring his spirit and his life and his ways to this earth. We are supposed to be different from the world. And when you live in God's ways, you are different from the world. That's not always going to go over well with the world. I don't care. I'm not spent. I don't, I, I want to love everybody, but you know, all these opinions that are out there that are floating around that are being screamed at us out there. I don't care, man. That's not where I'm going to spend eternity. That's not who I'm going to stand before on judgment day. You know, have your opinion. You have the right to do that. But I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to go God's way. And that's who we are. That's, that's who we're called to be. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I hope so. All right, so I've got some places I want to go, but I think we're done today. So let's wrap it. Father, I, I thank you, Lord, for inviting us into your thoughts and your ways. And I pray this morning for everybody who will hear this, whether they're hearing it this morning or will hear it sometime later. I pray, Father, for the revelation by the Holy Spirit of how to press in deeper to you, how to hear your voice more clearly, how to sense your thoughts and your desires more clearly. And Lord, I'm praying, Father, that you show us and help us to step into your ways, to remove, to step away from the old way, the way we grew up with, what we just came up in, God, all of us, we just came up with ways from our family, from the world, from whatever, from television, I don't know. But Lord, we have them. And sometimes we're not even aware of them. And so, Lord, I'm, I'm just asking, Father, that our, our will, our desires, our thought life, Lord, our actions all continue through process to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And Father, that's nothing we can do on our own. We can't just gut it out, Lord. We need the power and presence of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts to get us there. And you've given us the Holy Spirit freely. He is called the promise of the Father and the gift of the Father. He belongs to us. We, he lives in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to remember to always tap into what you have made available. And we thank you for it. And as we go out this week, Father, we go out here, Lord, to represent you. We go out here not to be religious, not, not to be holier than thou, none of that stuff, God, but just to walk in your ways and let the light of Jesus Christ shine through us in this world. 
And we thank you for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Did you get something out of this this morning? All right. Why don't you stand up? We will be dismissed. Thank you so much for coming in this morning and making your way down here. And uh, really appreciate it. And all of you, be safe, dig out, be blessed, except those in Florida and Arizona. All right. Just kidding. Love you guys. All right, let's say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world will be dismissed. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org.